Joining us right now, a name you are extremely familiar with, whether you watch football, whether you watch TV, whether you listen to any sort of sports morning radio uh, over the last decades. And it's a pleasure to have him on to talk about the big game this Sunday. And we also have uh, other things to talk with him about as well. The one, the only Mike Dave. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm excited. You know, it takes me a while. The The week in between the games, I kind of try to not get excited. Now I'm I'm all set. And I, I guess my first question for you, th- these are small markets, Tampa Bay and, and, and Kansas City, but it doesn't really work like that uh, with football. Uh, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, I'm, I'm guessing you can't really find too many better storylines than that going into a huge game. No, you, you're so right about small markets in football. It doesn't matter. Look, we're Peyton most of the time in Indianapolis, Brett Favre and Green Bay. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. In the NFL, you know, the, the, the better player you are, it doesn't matter what the market is. This is a monster game, and I know. And it hurts me as a defensive player because everybody wants a shootout. Everybody wants this one to be at least in the 30s. I'd love a 10-6 game. Everybody would be yelling about it. I'd be loving it. But I have a feeling uh, there's going to be some points on the board in this one. Can you, you know, sometimes, Mike, when we're in the middle of, of something in sports, we, we fail sometimes to appreciate it. We want to hold on to our old heroes, and it takes a while for new heroes to catch on. And I, I'm not trying to say Patrick Mahomes is underrated. He gets pl- plenty of love. But the stat I heard the other day, you have to go back to his college days, the last time he lost a game by more than a possession. Are, are we in a weird way <laughs> underappreciating how dominant Patrick Mahomes has been since he started for the Chiefs? <clears throat> well, you know, I, 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 I'm certainly not a hater of the quarterback position, but I, I'm always amazed how Super Bowl wins get put on a quarterback's resume. You know, nobody ever said, how many Super Bowls did Lawrence Taylor win? How many Super Bowls did Jerry Rice win? You know, you're talking about some of the greatest players to ever play the game, and they're not associated with how many Super Bowl rings did you win. I get it in basketball because as a basketball player, you're involved on offense, on defense. You're involved in most of the time. Quarterbacks are involved in, you know, one-third of the game. So I always I, – and, and, again, maybe is this the defensive player standing out in me? that I, there are times that quarterbacks get too much love and at times they get too much criticism. Don't get me wrong. And I get that it's a quarterback league, but I'll say this, you know, is are the Kansas City Chiefs going for two Super Bowls in a row if Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill aren't on the team? You know, I mean, if Pat Mahomes isn't on the team, I know they're not. But could you say the same thing about Kelsey and Tyree Kill? Maybe they would. I don't know. So I, I – I, I, I don't know where to go with that because I don't know how much I put value on wins and losses for a quarterback to say we look at that as they had this many wins, this many losses. To me, it's so difficult to do in football because they just play one-third of the game. Well, then let me let me take you on an off-ramp here for a second, and I know this isn't the Super Bowl, but you know everything there is to know about football. This, this is an exact conversation we were having on my show a few days ago talking about Jared Goff and, and Matthew Stafford and, and that trade. And the big knock we would get on Stafford is, ah, oh, the Lions have only been to the uh, playoffs three times. He's 0-3. And the, and the argument we were making was almost the same one you were making, Mike. That, hey, listen, there's 11 other guys on defense while he's sitting on the bench, and uh, he's got 10 other guys on offense. And I, I appreciate what you're saying, especially with a guy like Stafford. Uh, it's incredibly difficult to judge him based on his time with a franchise, no offense, but hasn't exactly built around him over his career. 
Oh, I mean, the Rams have a better running game. The Rams have a better, way better defense. Offensive line, they need to work on in the middle. They have better receivers than Detroit. So, yeah, I mean, it matters what you have around you. Again, I understand that the majority is on the quarterback. And normally you're going to see a team win the Super Bowl if they have a great quarterback. I get it. But I, I don't know. Listen, I'm first to say I think Stafford's a better quarterback than golf, and I think he does help them to get them closer. And what's going to help is the surrounding that, – that Stafford is going to have so much better surrounding cast than he had in Detroit that it's going to uplift the whole team. Mike Golick joining us. Mike, anybody who's ever been around sports radio knows the number one question this week. You get asked, I get asked, anybody gets asked. It's, okay, Tom Brady's back in the Super Bowl. Does this settle the the Brady-Belichick thing? I think your point, again, is a great jumping-off point when you talk about not the overrating of quarterbacks, but the forgetting of the rest of the team. When you look at Tom Brady taking the Bucks to the Super Bowl in his very first year with them, sure, Tom gets all the credit in the world, but when you look at that Buccaneers team behind him, uh, you look at Bruce Arians, you look at the GM over there, uh, how good of a job did they do in creating a situation that was perfect for Tom to come into? Well, yeah, yeah. They said we got to win now, so they helped on the offensive line. They helped at the running back position. Their defense was already a pretty good defense, and they're 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 peaking at the right time. So, yeah, it, it's much better. But I have been asked about that. Here's what I say, and I I go with this in any sport between coach and player. And I know the talk is Belichick and Brady. I get it. Here's the bottom line: Tom Brady is going to go down as either the greatest quarterback or in the team picture of greatest quarterbacks of all time. Bill Belichick is going to go down as the greatest coach in NFL history or in the team picture of top head coaches, right? I mean, that's in stone for both of them. And I'll take any sport. You give me any sport and you give me any coach that comes up with a great game plan, the players on the field have to execute it for it to work. So I always lean toward giving more to the players on the field, the ice, the pitch, the diamond, the court, because they have to be the ones that go out and execute. It can be a horrible game plan by a coach, and if you have great players, they can make you look great by going out and playing great. So I always lean a little bit more. Maybe I'm biased because I was a player. I'll always lean more in any sport to players because they have to go out and execute on their particular field of play. Well, and then maybe the theme to this conversation is it's not just – It's not just Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. It is the Buccaneers versus the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the favorites. The Chiefs basically had one loss this year. They sat everybody the last last game of the season. They're the defending champions. Uh, the, The question we've been looking at this week is, what advantages do the Buccaneers have over the Chiefs? Is there anything that jumps out to you? Oh, sure. I mean, look at last week against Green Bay. Bakhtiari, the left tackle, had been out. So they have a backup left tackle in, and their right tackle uh, had not been playing all that well. And what is, where, where did Tampa Bay get the rush? You know, Pierre Paul and Shaq Barrett. They outside rush. They were destroying those two guys. And that offense doesn't, doesn't vote for helping those guys. So those guys were left on the island, and they were getting whooped. So look at what happened with Kansas City. Kansas City loses their Pro Bowl left tackle in Eric Fisher. So your right tackle has to go to left tackle. Your right guard has to go to right tackle, and your backup right guard comes into play. So you've had a three-personnel change. So you now have a right tackle playing left tackle, a right guard playing right tackle, and you got Pierre Paul and Shaq Barrett again rushing on the outside. So 
So that, to me, is going to be a real key matchup. But I guarantee you one of the differences, if those guys start getting pressure, Kansas City's going to do something about it. They're going to help. They're going to chip with a tight end or a back. They're just not going to leave those tackles on an island. So there, I look, is one of the first advantages I think that they can have. I think with Fournette, they can have a bit of a running game because the Kansas City defense is pretty good. They're not great. The Tampa Bay defense is playing great right now. But Kansas City, Spagnuolo, the D coordinator, is a hell of a coordinator, and he's going to dial up some big-time blitzes. And if they get home, you're going to see Tom have to dump the ball. If you see a blitz coming and you see Tampa Bay pick it up, and that's been one of the big things Gronkowski has done. If, if I have to pick a Tampa Bay tight end that's going to catch a touchdown in this game, I'm betting on Cameron Brace because Gronk has been doing the dirty work. He's been staying in, picking up the blitzes, helping on Max protect, and he's been doing a great job of it. So uh, those are some of the interesting things to me. Uh, last thing for you, Mike, those are a ton of great points. Uh, this this game would already be a strange Super Bowl because of COVID, everything surrounding yeah. it. But you also have – First time in history, even though I think you should count Stanford and the 49ers, but first time in history that that you've got a home team hosting a Super Bowl. In this day and age, in this year, in this situation, does that make to you any difference at all? No, none. Yeah. I mean, you, you normally when you think of home field, you think you have 70,000 fans there. Even if this was a normal year, still, we know most of those tickets go to white collar anyway, right? The, yep. the, the, the big businesses. So even if it was a regular year, I don't think Tampa Tampa Bay wouldn't have 65,000 Tampa Bay Buck fans in the stadium. And so we know that's not happening anyway. There's going to be 22,000. I don't know how many are going to be actual Buccaneer fans because of where the, where the tickets go. So, no, I do not think. And, and it's not like Kansas City is spending a week out of their own beds. They're not coming in until Saturday, the day before the game. So because of, of COVID. So I, I don't see that being – it's a cool thing, and they're the first ones to do it, and it's not shocking Brady is part of a team to do that, but I don't see it as an advantage for Tampa Bay, no. All right, lastly, how do you see the game going? I see, against my better judgment as a former defensive player, where I'd love to see a 10-6 game, uh, I'm saying 31-31, fourth quarter, Mahomes gets the ball late, drives him down, and Butker gets the game-winning field goal. Uh, they win at thirty four thirty one. Kansas City gets two in a row. Oh, I hope I hope you're. I, I got no dog in the fight, but boy, do I want thirty one thirty one in the fourth. And hey, listen, if you if you're right on that, then uh, you want to talk about people trying to predict how this game's going to go, or at least have some help. You're doing the supersquares dot com. Talk a little bit uh, about that. We all have done squares at the, right. the the Super Bowl party. We're not really having those. Uh, a lot of us this year staying safe. What's supersquares dot com all about? So, again, you do the square. Like you said, we've been doing that for decades, the squares. And like everything, we've moved to modern technology. So instead of, you know, paper squares and you pick two numbers and you have to live with those numbers for the game, it's now an app. So it's supersquares.com you can go to or you can go to the app store and download supersquares. Now you have an app. And it's not just it's not picking numbers. You get to make three predictions on the game, so you get to show a little bit of skill. And depending how close you are, you'll get a point total for that. You're going to answer a couple of questions about advertisements while you're picking the game that you want to pay attention to because you get points for that. And then you pick a square and you get two numbers. But the difference here is it splits into four numbers. So you get four different number combinations. So because, you know, if you, you do that paper square game and you get a five and a nine, you're screwed. You're done. Right. You guys will not even put your money in because you just donate. 
Well, here are the numbers that change for you every quarter so you have a chance of getting some good numbers. And you mentioned it. People like to do the group thing, and now we really can't do it this year. Well, you can do it on this app. It's called the Skybox. So if you have a group of 20 people you do it with or 2,000 people you do it with, you can create your own Skybox within this app and have your own competition and your own prizes if you want. But the thing is, your score in that Skybox still counts on the national level, so you can win prizes there. And There's over $2 million in cash and prizes. And by the way, doing this whole thing is free. costs you nothing. Somebody's going to win an $80,000 Rivian electric SUV. Uh, if you get a perfect square, you're going to get a million dollars. I'm going to have a Skybox that anybody can join. Just use my password. It's Golic. And if you win in my Skybox, you're going to get 250 bucks to the Hall of Fame gift shop to get your favorite team's gear. Uh, and we're trying to set a world record. How about this? The Guinness Book of World Records is watching us. And if we get the most people to play this squares game on Super Bowl Sunday, we all get to be in a record book as well. So a little icing on the cake. Supersquares.com. You know, I know you slammed his family and friends would probably kill me if I didn't ask. I believe, if memory serves me correct, Mike Golick, class of 85, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Did you enjoy watching? He's from El Dorado Hills, but it, we, we call him Sacramento's Ian Book. You enjoy watching him this year? Ian, oh, man, he's a ball to watch. I mean, it seems like when all is lost, that dude just knows how to escape and knows how to make some yards and do some damage with his legs. It'll be interesting what happens with him in the NFL because, listen, in all honesty, he struggled passing at times. But, man, he's one of those guys you talk about the hit factor. He just kind of finds a way. So I saw him in the senior bowl. I know the DBs for the other team voted him the best quarterback there. So, you know, I wish him all the best. And, I mean, what a career he had at Notre Dame. Really incredible. There you go. I'm sending that off to the, the family and friends. The great Mike Golick on Ian Book. The great Mike Golick on the Super Bowl. Mike, uh, we love your voice. We still love your voice. Uh, we still love you being around. And uh, we really appreciate you taking the time on this Super Bowl week. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks.